Welcome to Tales from the Fog. My name is Casey, your host, and tonight with me is Vince from All Things Haunted. Join us as we discuss the Southern California Halloween industry and what you have to look forward to during October 2016. Without further ado, let's start the show. everybody and welcome to our first podcast. I'm Casey, your host, and I'm here with Vince of All Things Haunted. Hi, everybody. Uh, let's talk a little bit about you. How did you get into Halloween? What was the catalyst that made you love Halloween? Uh, probably since I was a little kid. Uh, my mom was really big in on it, and uh, she would decorate the house every year for Halloween. Uh, my memory, it was just a really cool-looking house, but I've seen pictures since, and it looks pretty lame. But you know, we we were, uh, uh, my whole family was pretty much into it. Not my dad so much, but we had a, a little blue suitcase, and that's where she kept all the Halloween costumes. And in the summer, August, when there was really nothing to do, she would tell us if we behaved, my brothers and sisters and I, we could go ahead and open up the blue um, the blue suitcase and play with the Halloween costumes. So that was always a treat. And as I got older, I would, uh, in September, I would skip, skip a day, I would pretend I was sick in September uh, so I could stay home and make Halloween decorations. And um, uh, I remember doing that deliberately in September because, you know, who thinks about Halloween in September, right? Yeah. <laughs> if I had done that in October, she might have been, you know, a little a little uh, cautious about that. But So I did it in September. Uh, I do that still now. I usually take a vacation day off in, in September uh, to, to make out Halloween decorations. But I've been doing that ever since I was a kid. Uh, as I got older, there was really not a whole lot to do. Halloween didn't really start until like the second or third week of October. And uh, and then there was really nothing to do uh, during our Halloween, not like there is today. Started working for Knott's Halloween Haunt in 1989. Um, and then was with Haunted Media after that. And now I'm with All Things Haunted. So when you were at Halloween Haunt... What is it that kept you there? Because I know I worked with you for a long time out, not Scary Farm. What was it that kept you there, kept you going back uh, to work there every year, every season? Well, you know, honestly, I only meant to do it one year. I was going to do it one year and think, ah, eh, well, I probably won't be doing this seriously, not after 13 haunts. But um, the first year, I had such a great time, and it was the people. It was the people that I met. And to tell you the, honestly, of all the people I met in my entire life, all the people I met through my work, through school, through the churches I've attended, nobody have I ever met. The, the nicest, the best people I've ever met were from Knott's Halloween Hunt. So it was really the people that came that get me coming back. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, there's nothing else going on. And if I'm going to go to the greatest, biggest Halloween party, I might as well get paid for it. Um, so what made you want to start All Things Haunted? Because I know you had been with uh, Haunted Media before, and you helped out with a lot of their videos. What made you decide to go out on your own and start All Things Haunted? A couple of things. You know, uh, I've seen probably about 200 independent haunts and professional haunts in the last 10 years all across the United States. And I typically get into a conversation with, you know, somebody that either works there or the proprietor or an owner, and I, I'm 
seriously just ask questions because I'm curious about what they're doing, how they do it, why they do it, how they got into the business, what's working for them. And it just seemed like I'm gathering all this information. I have nothing to do with it. And then last year, I was um, over at um, the, what's that jack-o'-lantern one called? Rise of the Jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So I was over at Rise of the Jack-o'-lanterns over at the Santa Anita uh, racetrack. And I ran to the guy that was uh, was put it together. And we, st- we had a really great conversation. And I kept telling myself, you know, all this information, I have nothing to do with it. And uh, there was other places like Hobbs Grove that a lot of people didn't know about. Um, and I talked to some of my friends that are in social media. And I said, hey, are you guys going to go up to Hobbs Grove this year? Oh, no, it's a little too far. It's not really what we want to do. Um Rogers Gardens is another place a lot of people didn't really know about. And I started thinking, well, if these other social media outlets aren't going to uh, cover that, then I'm going to. So I decided to do All Things Haunted. And that's the direction that Haunted Media was eventually supposed to go into. They were going to report on All Things Haunted. Yeah. Uh, just like a newspaper would. You've been to a bunch of haunted attractions. I know because I've been with you to, with you to a lot of them. What kind of advice do you give? Would you want to give to somebody? that you know is either starting a haunt and isn't sure what to do or how to design it or what are you looking for when you go to a haunt that you think makes it really good you know i've never owned a haunt never operated a haunt uh so i i don't know the logistics behind all that or running a business but i do know what works and so the things that i see working are two things one uh, and God bless your haunted little hearts out there because there's a whole lot of small independents and they got the right idea, but they're just lacking money. If you had a whole lot of money and if I could write a blank check for these places, I would because the heart and the soul behind it is, is just amazing. Some of these small haunts. So that's the money issue. And most of them yeah. are like that. And they'll agree with that. It's just a money issue. Uh, the second thing is I think if you have a just an amazing website, your haunt can suck. But you're going to drive traffic to it. And I'm not going to mention any names, but a few years ago, there was this uh, haunt that was really was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. But they had the most amazing website. It really was. And um, I, I just knew it was going to be bad because of the venue and where it was. And uh, the website I knew wasn't going to deliver on the event. And it got really poor reviews. It didn't, it didn't show up the next year. But it was an amazing website. And, it, and just a lot of people were talking about it that year. <laughs> Yeah, I've been suckered into one or two of those. <laughs> mm. um, what's your favorite kind of haunt? So there's a lot of different kinds of haunts out there. There's extreme haunts. There's kind of the more spooky paranormal haunts. There's uh, more monster-in-your-face scare-type haunts. What typically do you find is your favorite? I love them all. You know, it's it's Halloween lacks a definition. I mean, what is, what is a, uh, an appropriate Halloween costume? Can I be a beer bottle? Yes. Can I be a microphone stand? Yes. So there is really no definition that locks down what Halloween is. But of course, I, I do have a preference. I, I like the traditional, you know, uh, Bestel kind of company. If you look at that, yeah. like, um, vintage Halloween, I really like that kind of a feel. Uh, a few years ago, and I think they're bringing it back this year, Knott's Berry Farm uh, had their trick-or-treat maze. That's oh, one of my favorites. That was just, to me, was just, uh, <laughs> it was like walking into heaven. I, you, you ring the doorbell of a house, and you walk into a witch's house, and that was just amazing. It was so, it was a piece of artwork. It was so beautiful. It was almost, it almost hurt to look at it. So I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, I still like the jump scares and 
the chainsaws and all those things. But I do have a preference for the old classic vintage Halloween. Absolutely. And if you're not following All Things Haunted on Periscope, you actually, you absolutely should be. And uh, you should also be following them on Facebook because he goes to all these amazing places that you've never heard of. And you're going to want to go to once you actually see what they're all about. Uh, so you mentioned Rogers Gardens. You were just out there this year. You interviewed the owner? I interviewed the creative director, Eric. Uh, he's been doing it for the last 14 years, um, the creative director. Uh, and I interviewed him. And my basic question was, you know, where do you come up with these themes? Every year, how far ahead are you coming with these themes? And basically what they do, which I find is very interesting, he says they usually go off and they find one item that interests them and then they build a theme around it, which I think to me is just incredibly uh, challenging to be able to, to get something and then get your buyer to buy things that are similar to the things that you saw. Yeah, it's kind of backwards of how most people do it. Yeah, but that just shows that just goes to show you that they're not really interested in the profit so much as they are in the event, that they're just creative, they love it, they do it for the love of it. It's And they're all employees, all the uh, the decorating, the theming, the building of the props, the installing, it's all done by Roger Gardner's employees. That's amazing. So it's just, there. It's it's an absolutely beautiful place. It's like walking into a haunted maze, but you can buy all the props. That, that does sound pretty awesome, and I'm definitely going to be checking it out this year. Um, another thing that we have up on the to-do list this year is Hobbs Grove, which you also mentioned. We've been going to Hobbs Grove for, uh, for I don't even know how many years now. Uh, it's 2003, I think. 2003. 2002. Wow, 2000, yeah, it's been a long time. Um, what are you looking forward to going back to Hobbs again this year? Wow, you know, it's just the whole event. I mean, it's the road trip. I mean, we're out here in, in uh, Orange County, North Orange County, and Hobbs Grove uh, is in Sanger, California. That's about a three- to four-hour drive. So it's just it's just the road trip. That's number one. Number two, it's different. I mean, I, we live in Southern California. We live in, in in a city environment, and Hobbs Grove and Sanger is just it's all farm country. Yeah. There's a whole lot of nothing out there. So it's the environment that's different. The people are different. Um, when people ask me to describe what it's like going to Hobbs Grove, I always mention Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. And the beginning when they're just driving through farmland and they see the. The rundown house. That's exactly what it's like going out to Hobbs Grove. You're just in the middle of farm country, in the middle of nowhere. There's no street lights out there, so you're driving out in the dark. And all of a sudden, you just see a ton of cars just pulling into this farm. Right. I remember the first year I went with uh, my my girlfriend, now my wife, and she she uh, she was worried that I was taking her someplace to murder her. <laughs> but that was that kind of a place. It's like, are yeah, you are totally. you sure there's a haunted house out here? Yeah, really. There's a haunted house out here. Okay, because it's a lot of nothing, really. There is. It's a lonely road, and it's just fields to your left, fields to your right, fields in front, behind you. It's just just a whole lot of nothing out there. Yeah, and uh, once you get to Hobbs Grove, it's like it's hard to describe exactly what the haunt is especially to people in southern california because we don't have very many farm type haunts and this is very much a midwest style farm haunt uh which southern california central california we don't really have too many of those um so how would you describe it 
to people, especially from Southern California, which is where we're from and would be the closest place to get there. Well, first of all, it's a natural environment. They have three events. They have a haunted house, they have a haunted forest, and they have a haunted hayride. So uh, the first time I went, I remember parking uh, next to somebody, a, a man, he was waiting for his daughter. He was on his on the phone with his daughter, <laughs> and he was asking her when she was going to come out. And she said, uh, we just got into the park. And we just, we've only been through one event. And he's saying, wait a minute, I've been here three hours. Don't tell me that you're still, that you're still in line for one of these, uh, one of these, uh, uh, these haunted houses. And I kept thinking to myself, no way, this thing is so small. There's no way somebody can spend three hours here. And then I got into the park and I thought, oh my God, oh my goodness. It, it's so many people. Yeah. That's, it's so it's huge. Amazing how many people show up to this thing for being in the middle of nowhere. It's an hour to get into the park. You buy your ticket. The line to get into the park is an hour. To get into one of the events is an hour. So you could yeah. easily spend three to five hours there just getting in there. And then do not go. If you go, go before it gets dark because the parking lot to get into the, into the event is, is a mess. Yeah. The road is backed up. Two, three, four miles sometimes just coming, just trying to make a turn into the farm. I, I don't know, I don't know what the number is, but, uh, speaking to the proprietors of Hobbs Grove, a few years ago, they were forced to put in a fire suppression system because they were classified as an amusement park. And when they argued the point by saying, Hey, we're only open three weeks out of the year, they said it's not, uh, how long you're open. It's how many people you put through. Yeah. So that's how many people there go every year. Is that they were, they had to put a fire spread. They had to build a lake. Yeah, it's a big lake too. And I I don't know what it cost them to put in there, but that's how successful this place is. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a huge, it's a lot bigger, uh, it's a lot bigger than what you think it is. And here, to answer your question, I think what makes them so successful is that they don't know what they're doing. They just, they just do what, what common sense tells them and they don't really have a whole lot of influence, like from Knott's or from Universal or from Magic Mountain. Uh, or, you know, some of the other bigger haunts in the United States because they're so remote in such a remote area. Yeah, I mean, kind of talk spoilers because they pretty much change their event every single year. Uh, there's several different routes that the hayride can take, so they change the hayride route. There's different entrances to the hot and forest, so they change that route up almost every year. Um, some of the things that I've seen, especially in the haunted house... Uh, I was kind of scared to go through them just being a, a, a haunted attraction designer myself. Looking at some of the stuff that they make the guests do, I was just like, it felt very unsafe on the surface. But I know that they had good safety measures in place. But some of the stuff, um, I think the either it was either the first or second year we went. And I don't think they've ever opened the second story of the house again. But I don't know if you remember, we went up to the second floor and they had a hole in the floor with a chain link fence that was didn't seem to be supported at all. Because when you stepped on that thing, it sank pretty good. (laughs) And then they also had a room that was hung up to the ceiling, the ceiling rafters by chains. And when he stepped in the room, the entire room would swing. Wow. Yeah. So many things. But you're right. You know, year to year, they do change it up. So it's not the same haunted house you go through. It's not the same forest, and it's certainly not the same hayride. Um, but you're actually walking for the forest. You're actually walking through the woods on a dirt path that that has all sorts of twists and turns, and you just follow the path. You have no, there's no story, there's no direction. They just let you in, and hopefully get it. You make it to the other side. 
And one thing to mention too is you go to a haunted attraction, you see somebody holding a hatchet, you know it's a plastic hatchet. Here, it's a real hatchet. They right. don't mess around. There's no, the props are real. They use real um, fire. They, they have, use real fire. They have real fire. They have bonfires out there. They have, uh, in the concourse, as you walk in, there's like a little concourse. They have fire pits there. They have places to eat. They have a little, uh, uh, a Halloween shop. They have a stage and they use local, um, the, the local community to put on little shows. It's just a really nice run, beautiful little community event. Yeah. And so I, I just can't talk enough about how great that place is. Again, I don't know where you're from, uh, listening to this, but where you're from, it's worth the travel. It really is. It, yeah, yeah. And especially if you're coming out here, let's say from another part of the country, you want to come out here to go to Not Scary Form or Universal's Halloween Horror Nights, add it to your road trip list. I mean, it's a couple hours north, but it's a great road trip and the attraction is completely worth it. Uh, Haunted Attraction Magazine a few years ago rated it one of the top 10 Halloween events in the United States. And, and this year on in uh, U.S. Weekly, they are the only California haunt to make the top 20. And last I saw in the poll, they were number seven, I think. Seven, I think. I yeah. think seven, yeah. So it really is. It's not just my opinion. It's it's not just our opinion. It really is a, a place to, to look at and to marvel at. Yeah, that's amazing. So definitely check out Hobbs Grove. That's in Sanger. You can see their website at www.hobbsgrove.com. I think it's ha, uh, something else, but you just Google Hobbs yeah, Grove. Yeah, Google Hobbs it. Grove. You'll find it. Um, let's talk about, you also went to the Not Scary Farm preview event uh, that they do for their annual pass holders. Um, what surprised you about the event? Was there anything that, that make, you know, we've worked, you worked it for how many years? I've been going as a guest since 19... 19- 86, I think, was my first year. And then I worked there for seven years. And now, I, you know, so this year is actually my 30th anniversary of going to Halloween Haunt. Wow. Um, so was there anything that really surprised you about what they're doing this year? I really like the production value. It's really nice. Back in the day when my first started going, uh, you know, you just walked up into a building with a black door and there was stuff inside. And it didn't match. We had a dot room. You had a clown room. Uh, now there's theming, there's beautiful facades on the outside, they have full-on buildings, so the production value is absolutely amazing now. I think it rivals the production value of Universal. Um, I like the fact that they moved um, uh, uh, special ops into the back. Yeah, definitely. And reopened up the Camp Snoopy area for their... Um, uh, for the new theming area, that that was a huge piece of real estate that was uh, that was really crowding it out. Also, I guess the way they've uh, they've been in the past special ops, you actually had to get like a a card or a reservation to go through it, and it really wasn't servicing the crowds that were going through. Haunt sells out at thirty five, forty thousand. Yeah, it's a lot of people, and less than <laughs> less than you know ten percent of the people got to see it. Yeah, I think on a good night, they said they can get. Uh, twenty five to twenty five hundred to three thousand through special ops on a good night. Yeah. So now the way you you just stand in line and you go in. So I'm not sure how it's going to be on the inside, or if it's a conga line thing, or if it's the same type of experience. But I like the fact that they've kind of um, modified that and and fixed that whole um, grab the pass thing. Yeah. You had to get there as soon as they open, grab that pass, and hope you get a spot. Yeah. Well, from a design perspective, the only thing that I can think that they're going to do. Is since they were able to build 
from scratch an entire city in the back. Um, they're just going to have to, in order to increase the capacity, uh, one, they're going to have to have enough guns. Um, two, they're going to, if they keep the groups the size they are, they're going to have to have more uh, drill sergeant army guys to guide more groups through. And hopefully if they did it right, they're going to be able to fit more people in the attraction uh, simply by just having more room. So like when you did the scary farm or the Camp Snoopy routes, you went into the restaurant. That was one of them. They had like the, the trailer where you rescued the girl from the trailer. Uh, and then I think they had like the tent where you had to like get a key out of one of the campground tents or something like that. If they increase the amount of small little rooms that people can go to, uh, whatever kind of room that they're going to do, uh, it would actually increase the production and increase the capacity because you'd be able to have more people in there at once doing different things. And if they saw each other as they crossed paths, it wouldn't be a big deal because you're just going to see other other guests running around with guns shooting zombies too. Right. And just to explain what that is that we're talking about, if you don't know, Special Ops is a, is a kind of a first-person shooter laser tag thing and the idea, and at least in the past, was that there was a section of Knott's Berry Farm that was our Not Scary Farm that was closed off. And in order for you to go from one side to the other, you had to be escorted by uh, like a drill sergeant or a military person. Because yeah. it was quarantined off because of the zombie infestation. So you as a guest were equipped with, uh, with a, a rifle to shoot the zombies. And as you walked into it, you were escorted. And as well, as you were there, you had to complete a mission. So yeah. if you're into like first-person uh, first shooter games, this was amazing. It was like being it's, in a video uh, game. It's exactly video game. like Call of Duty Zombies. Right. Special Ops Zombies, yeah. So it was great. so much fun. It was so much fun. I enjoyed it uh, the two years ago. I enjoyed it very much last year. I'm looking forward to this year. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about the skeleton key rooms they're doing? Do you think it's a good idea to separate them out and make them part of something special, or do you like them better? The idea better being attached to a maze and increasing the storyline of the mazes. The concept is okay. Um, I, I I didn't really get a whole lot out of it. Uh, last couple of years, I was I did have the opportunity to to visit all the skeleton key rooms. Um, this year, hopefully, they'll they'll up the game, but. Uh, um, I don't know if it really adds or detracts from the actual maze. Yeah. Um, you do understand the storyline a little bit more when you go through the key room, but um, it's, you know, with, with an event as big as not uh, Scary Farm, um, you're just, it's a conga line going through. That's yeah. the only way that gets a, the throughput. And you get the jump scares, and really that's what it is. I mean, my opinion is that uh, theming helps. It, it really does. But um, what's more important to me is execution. How do they scare? Yeah. How how do they uh, how do, do they misdirect? These are the important things that uh, that are make a success successful haunt. Uh, if I know where the where the jump scare is going to come from, it you know I well Casey and I we always know where the jump scare yeah. comes from. <laughs> but if they hide it well enough, then I'm impressed. I yeah. Go, wow, you know. Uh, to give you a really good example, there was a, a little tiny haunt a few years ago, and it was just a room. There was nothing in there, but there was a monster, a live actor uh, dressed up in a monster costume, sitting on a TV with a snow in front of it, you know, just like poltergeist. And in the corner of this black room, there was nothing in there. There was a rocky chair with a skeleton on it, just like a bones skeleton thing. Mm -hmm. And 
you're walking into it and you're watching the monster. You think he's going to jump at you, but he does nothing. He's just sitting on the TV. And as you walk past the rocking chair with a skeleton on it, it moved. And that scared everybody, the bejesus out of everybody, <laughs> right? Because yeah. you're expecting the, the, the scare to come from the monster, not from the prop. Yeah, exactly. And right. so found out later, because I talked to him, that he had a little remote in his hand. And he was, he wasn't the, uh, the jump scare. He was the, uh, the, the misdirection. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was a wonderful room. That was one of the best, uh, setups I'd ever seen because they were, they were doing more with less and they were being creative about it. Yeah. So again, you know, these, uh, these small little key rooms, um, if I'm going to pay enough charge to go into them, they have to be an immersive environment that's, that I won't be able to get in in the conga line yeah so we'll see um so those that don't know not scary farm and several of the other cedar fair parks uh they do what's called a skeleton key uh, skeleton key pass and it's basically you pay an extra what is it like a lot yeah it's a lot (laughs) i think a ticket and the skeleton key with front of the line is like a hundred and ten dollars total something like that uh, so you're paying $110, you get front of the line, which is great, uh, and then you get these skeleton key rooms, um, which are special only for you, so the regular guest that doesn't have, didn't pay the money, doesn't get to go through them. This year what they did is they've actually separated them away from the mazes, and we have four of them. Uh, one of them really interests me, and I want to know what you think about it, this augmented reality. Right. Uh, so basically what's going to happen is you're going to go into... Uh, this area that's set up like a museum that's showing artifacts from a witch hunt, basically, or witch trials. Is it? I think it's a witch trial. And you're going to be given uh, basically a ghost finder, which we don't know if it's going to be like an iPad or some kind of cell phone or exactly what it's going to be, but it's going to be some kind of screened device. Uh, and you're going to be able to go in there and actually hunt for ghosts. And they should show up on the screen... And I'm assuming there's probably going to be some kind of live actor scare as well incorporated with this, but we really have no idea. Yeah, they're pretty keeping it close to the vest. You know, my understanding is uh, very much going to be like a Pokemon Go. Yeah. You know, instead of hunting Pokemon, to be hunting uh, monsters with jump scares. And so it's again, you know, what I really like about Knots, which I would expect from some of the other uh, other companies, is that they're really good about upping their game. They really are. Yeah. Uh, so I'm always impressed by that. And to me, Knott's Free Farm, they don't play it safe. They 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 don't just step over the line. They jump over that line. <laughs> Anybody uh, that saw the first year of Curse of the Spiderwoods yeah. will tell you they're not afraid to fail. No, they're not. And I think it, that's exactly what they need to do. They need to go ahead and they need to do something and then see what the reaction is and then improve it on it later. Yeah. And I think that's what they do. Uh, the first person shooter thing, when I first thought about it, I went, oh, I don't want to play laser tag in the park. I don't. I thought the same thing. I was yeah. like, oh, this is going to be a horrible they're, idea. They're going to be monsters just stepping around. I'm going to shoot them with a look. That sounds boring. But it was amazing. It was just, it was absolutely ex- exceeded my expectations. So I have a lot of hope. And if it's not that, if it's okay, I know they're going to keep the idea. They're going to build on it later. Yeah, definitely. And then another huge technological advance that they actually just announced. They didn't even announce it. At the event with the pass holders, they didn't even say anything. There is a virtual reality haunt coming. Uh, I assume it's somewhere on the boardwalk because that's where I said I went on the website. They still don't have the price, so we don't know how much it's going to cost. It's an upcharge. 
So if you're paying your $110 to go to the skeleton key rooms and get front of the line, you're also going to have to pay extra to do this virtual reality um, event. Uh, but it sounds really interesting. It's called Fear 5150. That's right. And basically what's going to happen is going to be put into a Samsung Gear VR headset. And there's and you're going to be strapped into a wheelchair. And you're going to be wheeled around a virtual uh, insane asylum. Um, so what do you think about that? What? Well, I, I like the title, first of all. Because a 5150 is a, a legal hold for somebody who's uh, exhibiting signs of insanity. Yeah. Or, or suicide or mental distress. So the idea that you're getting put into a wheelchair and you're a 5150... Um, that's kind of cool because I'm not crazy, but I'm in a crazy house. Yeah. So, uh, and who knows what's going to happen in there? Um, the virtual reality, uh, you know, it sounds really interesting. I'm excited to see it again. It's not, it's something that hasn't been done. Um, and again, this is not again, not scary farms way of just pushing the envelope into something that nobody else has done. And, and we're going to see what it's all about. Yeah. Do you see any issues? Because I, I know they said that they're only going to be able to take a couple hundred reservations a night. Do you see any issues of people being upset they're not going to be able to do it? Or do you think oh, yeah. people are just going to be kind of like, ah, we'll hit it? Because I know they also have a season pass. So for those of you that have a not season pass, you'll actually have a lot of chances to try this. So if they're sold out one night, you can go super early one day just with that in mind and go straight there and just plan on doing that. And that's it. Oh, always. But for those that, you know don't have the season pass, it's their one shot to do it, uh, it's going to kind of stink if they really, really want to do it and they just can't get that reservation. Well, yeah, I mean, the first year the first year that Special Ops was around, it was the same problem. They, yeah. Not everybody could get there, get into it, and um, you know they were upset they didn't see it. And I'm and same thing with, um, what was that, uh, that challenge room a few years ago? I can't remember, I'm sorry. Uh, trapped? Trapped, thank yeah. you. Same thing with the Trapped. A lot of people didn't get to see it, wanted to see it. So, yeah, we're, you're going to get people upset about that. But, again, you know, if this is a one-time shot, you're going to you're buying one ticket, uh, go early, get the uh, the the pre-event buffet that gets you into the park a few minutes early. And then That's I would a good idea. Yeah. Head on right on over there. That would be a great do it. And then add another 40 or 50 bucks onto that uh all that. <laughs> just plan on emptying your credit card. Might as well just buy the whole package and get yourself a bare bones deal yeah. with the hotel and the breakfast and the dinner and the midnight buffet and, you know, just, just do it up right. Yeah. Well, as expensive as Not Scary Farm is, there's one attraction in Southern California that outdoes it and it's Halloween Horror Nights. Uh, have you been recently to Halloween Horror Nights? Not recently. The last year, uh, I went was in 2009 and that was the last year that they, had the Michael Myers house, yeah. and now they're bringing it back. So if I when I go this year, it'll be like I never left. So, <laughs> so again, production value, amazing, amazing. But again, the problem with that is, again, just like any large haunted venue, you have that conga line, and you have, you know, Michael Myers coming out of the doorway every five or, you know, six feet, and the house itself is a, is a real house, so the production value is amazing, but it's all lit up. And it's, um, you know, it's a movie. And um, I I don't know. I, I, you know, I think if you're a horror fan, you're going to like these things because that's, that's puts you in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's not terribly scary. I've never, I don't think I've ever really found Halloween Horror Nights scary, but I love the sets and I love 
the overall ambiance of it. It's beautiful, but it, to me, unlike Haunted Halloween Haunt, it's very um, managed. I think Horror Nights is very managed. And yeah, the actors are very, uh, very predictable in a way. They're it's like scare and scripted. reset, scare reset, scare reset. There's no really unpredictability to what they do. And knots were knots. I think in comparison, they just shoot from the hip. And these guys do their own thing, and if they do it well, you almost think that maybe some crazy guy got into the park and put on a costume, and uh, I don't know, I don't know what I just got myself into. Yeah, you know. So I think to me that's the difference. Again, beautiful. You know, their set design. It's a movie studio, so their set design is going to be, you know, the best. But again, to me, uh, you got to have a little more oomph into it. Yeah, what do you think about their uh, their lineup uh, this year? They got Krampus, Halloween, Freddy vs. Jason. Uh, what else they got? That's all intellectual properties. That's all it is now. There's yeah. nothing. It's all it's all just horror movies mazes. And again, if you're a horror fan, and there's a lot of us out there, you're gonna absolutely love that place. You're gonna be like you died and went to heaven because you get to actually walk through all these movies. You know. What do you think about uh, Eli Roth taking over the Terror Tram? The terror tram is tough. I think it's tough. I think anybody who takes over it has a big challenge. And the reason why is because you're pretty much in the safety of a, of a tram and there's not really a whole lot you can do. The tram is big. It moves pretty quick. Uh, you don't really have the opportunity to jump scares. Um, so it's going to be challenging. I think it's going to have to, the storyline, uh, again, when I went back in 2009, it was uh, um, based on that in the movie with Jigsaw. Oh, uh, Saw. It was yeah. Saw. And I remember thinking to myself, the concept was kind of cool. You know, you're in this tram. They found a, you know, uh, a plant or a person that was in the, the thing that we had to all turn in. Um, and otherwise, you're all going to die. And it was just fun, you know, looking for the person that uh, that was supposed to be inside this tram. Uh um, and it just putting yourself into the concept, if it was real, would be terrifying. But because it isn't and you're relatively safety, I have to really force myself to buy into the storyline in order for me to get a lot out of it. Yeah. So the, the tram is a tough, it's tough. It really is. And, you know, especially with everything's going on in the real world, Universal is very conservative when it comes to really going out on a limb uh, not to overly offend anybody or make it yeah. so real that it's going to cause a lot of backlash. They have gone a little PC uh, just because of issues they've had in the past. I don't think they want to have any more issues. So they're just kind of, they played a little safe on that side. Yeah. And it's not just that. It's just the real stuff that's going on in the world. And unfortunately, you know, it, we, we're, we're, we live in a different environment now and you can't really just, you know, you can't make it so real anymore because uh, that's just going to cause a lot of problems. And that's just unfortunate because that was the best part of, of, of Halloween is to, uh, is to immerse yourself in a real-life environment knowing that you were safe. Yeah. And now it's just too offensive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so what are you looking forward to as far as like independent haunts this year in Southern California? What's standing out to you? The 17th Door. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I went to go talk to the, the, the guys over at 17 Door uh, when they did their uh, when they did their uh, audition, audition one of their audition days. Mm -hmm. And uh, I took a round, look around, great group of people, 
there's a, a couple of rooms in there. I think they're really kind of neat. It's, if you don't know, the 17 doors in Tustin and Tustin, California, and it's part fear challenge and it's part haunted house. So the, all the rooms, 17 doors, 17 rooms. So you go through every door and you have to tolerate the experience before yeah. you can move on to the next room. So it's a, not a lot like a, it's not so much a, um, it's not so much like a, uh, I'll be out here. A maze, I guess. Well, it is a maze, but it isn't like one of the, um, like, what's like McKinney Manor is one of those. And oh, Black it's, not, it's not so much like an extreme haunt. Yeah, it's not like so much an extreme haunt, it's but it's kind, kind of, of right in the line between a normal haunt and extreme haunt. Yeah. It's kind of right in the middle. It's like extreme haunt light. Yeah. So you go in there and you don't have to uh, solve a puzzle in order to move on to the next room. You just have to endure what you experience before yeah. you can move on to the next room. So uh, it's all timed that way. They can get a lot of people in there. But uh, they, last year was their first year. They were wildly successful. I think they sold out almost every night. They did. They had a line to get in. So it's a, it's a main place. You want to check it out. I, you know, it's a 17 door. Uh, and again, it's in Tusty. You want to just Google that information. You can find it. Uh, yeah, you do have to sign a waiver before you go in. I don't know if they put a strict age limit. Uh, I do know that some of the stuff is a little crazy. Yeah, uh, it's not family friendly. And, uh, if you're easily offended, it's probably not a place you want to go to because there are things that in there, um, that, that may offend. Yeah. <laughs> so Casey and I, we're not easily offended. No. <laughs> um, talk, tell us about what's the coming up on the all things haunted to do list. Where are you, where are you going? What's on the, the calendar for all things haunted? Well, that's great. You know, and I love the idea of being all things haunted because I'm not restricted to just, a haunted park or yeah. Halloween, anything, or, yeah. I mean, I can do, we can do paranormal stuff. Um, we can go th- anything later on this month. We're actually going to do, uh, the Oktoberfest over in old world. At Huntington oh, that's Beach. a great event. So, you know, it's not necessarily a haunted thing, but it is ties in loosely to the Halloween season. Yeah. Fall, and we have to get, uh, our studio dog Willow here over into the wiener dog races. Right, right. And if you have kids, there's a great thing. It's free on Sundays. It's called Kinderfest. And the, the kids are in free, and they have wiener dog races. So and they have a lot of things for the kids. So that's that's another thing to go to go to. So again, you know, all things haunted. We're not just reporting on things that are for adults or teenagers, but we want to be kid friendly as well. That's great. And there is an event that we should do, but it goes all year. So I know we're going to be really really busy uh, in October. Uh, so maybe after the new year, there's a thing they do in LA. It's called the Haunted Pub Crawl. I don't have, have you heard of this? No. Tell me more. I'm listening. Basically, what they do is uh, the person that puts this on, they pick a different haunted bar somewhere in L.A., and they do it, I believe, once a month. And all you do is show up. It's free to go to these things. You just show up to the event. You have a beer. They tell you ghost stories about what happens in uh, in the bar, the story of the ghost, the history of the bar. And it just sounds like a really cool event. I mean, you know, they also do, uh, occasionally do ghost walks. So if, like, let's say it's in Old Town, Burbank, where there may be a lot of ghost stories, they'll go to the pub, have a beer, hang out, listen to the ghost stories and the history of the area, and then you'll actually go out and walk around Old Town, and they'll tell you all the ghost stories that are around there. 
those are fun. Ghost walks are a lot of fun. Uh, you just go out there, you take a walk in the night, and you get a good ghost story. Uh, they, every major city has them. Uh, just you know, look on if, wherever you are in the United States. Uh, just look at your, your websites on, on ghost walks. Those are a lot of fun. Uh, but there's a couple other things on our calendar. We're going to be doing Motel Six Feet Under. We're going to be doing Creep in L.A., um, Six Flags Fright, Fright Fest, Sinister Point. Um, we're also going to go out to the, the real Calico out in Barstow for the Calico Ghost Town Tour. And, again, that's a ghost walk. Do they still do the haunted attraction out there, or is it just a ghost walk now? Um, there's no haunted attraction. It is a ghost walk. The ghost walk actually is all year round. So um, we're just going to do it probably in October or November, but definitely we're going to be out there. Uh, but it's a ghost walk, and it runs all year round, so it's not something that's just exclusive to uh, the month of October. It's a lot of fun. They actually have two different ghost walks, uh, depending on what you want to do. Uh, they have one where it's like they actually take you into the mine. Mm -hmm. So they do a ghost tour into the mine shaft, and they actually shut the lights off, and you can do EVP sessions and have a lot of fun wandering around a mine in the pitch black. Um, and then the other one is through the town itself. Right. And that one is in the day, and it's, again, family-friendly, and there's no elevation gain, so kids can do it, uh, parents can do it, elderly folks can do it. So it's just a, a, a family event. Also, there's a couple of interesting things I think that a lot of people aren't, aren't aware of, but there's something called the zombie ballet out in Pasadena. We're going to go check is, it out. Are those the girls that uh, performed at Scarlet? Right. Oh, they right. Very good. Right. So so the zombie ballet, we're going to do that. We're going to do Wicked Lit. That's um, also very cool. I haven't seen it, but I've seen a few reviews and a little bit of video. Looks really, really cool. Again, we're going to do the Haunted Queen Mary, and um, um, which is what's called not Shipwreck anymore, right? Uh, no, it's, it's uh, Dark Harbor. Dark Harbor. Thank you. And then uh, we're going to hopefully team up with our friends over at Planet Paranormal and do some uh, ghost investigations this year as well. So this is kind of a, a, a laundry list. And we're gonna, you know, we're gonna <laughs> yeah. get we're gonna get to as much as that we can. But it's gonna be a very busy month for us this year, um, and we're gonna periscope everything. So if you can't uh, be with us and be at these events, and you're anywhere else in the United States, you can always watch it live on Periscope or follow the the rebroadcast. Yeah, I'm definitely there for those ghost hunting stuff. I love that. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so what's the what's the future of all things haunted? How do you see it growing? What do you what do you see when you think of all things haunted? Where do you see it going? Well, to me, it's not about me. I've noticed a lot of the websites, and 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 understandably so, uh, people are advertising what they're selling, what they're doing, uh, who they are, um, and that's not my that's not where I, I want to co go to. It's not about me. It's about you or your event or the event. And to me, if the event is interesting enough, that's going to sell the story. I want yeah. to I want to think of myself as a Huel Hauser of the haunted world. So if you don't know who Huel Hauser was, he lived for he did for many years a program called um, California's Gold, California Gold, or visiting with Huel Hauser. And he went to places all through California and and other places. And he would just sometimes just stop his truck and walk out to like a vegetable stand and just chat up to people. And it's amazing if you if you look at it in his PBS uh, shows, he it wasn't him. He was he was genuinely interested in what the people who they were and what they were doing. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm genuinely interested. Like Casey, we're just interested in the event. We don't care who you are, what you're doing, and or or what as long as it has something to do with Halloween or haunted 
or, or scary. We're interested. We're there. Yeah. And we're always there. You know, I, I'm a haunted attraction designer. I helped do, uh, the Huntington Haunt experience last year. I've worked with Sinister Point. Um, you know, I've, I've done a lot of stuff. And to me, it's more about, I want to see every haunted attraction grow. I want to see every haunted attraction make it. It's always a sad thing. We've had a, this year alone, we have at least two or three that aren't coming back. And, uh, and it's, it always breaks my heart when I see an, a really good haunted attraction, uh, not come back either due to city issues. Cause especially in Orange County, city ordinances are very hard and they, cost you a lot of money to even just get your haunt. So before you've even built a single wall, you've put in a lot of money for permits and and fire inspections and you know, just renting a place in Orange County is insanely expensive. Um so the more people we can get out to these events, the better. You know, we should be supporting especially our small independent events. Um, you know, go out there and have some fun. It's, it's great fun. You spend a little money, but you have a great time and build really good memories. And a lot of these places aren't expensive. They're not like, you know, knots or universal, uh, amounts of money. Uh, and even like the local pumpkin patches, they don't cost a whole lot or anything really. Yeah. You just go in there and walk around and, and it's a great time to spend with your family, with your kids, uh, or, you know, a date. It's a nice cheap date night. Um, but that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to cross promote all these things. And if the events and the stories and the people are interesting enough, our reputation will grow as a byproduct. Yeah. So that's really what we're trying to do. I mean, my, my wife, who was my girlfriend then, we did that. We went to all these little haunts and we would pick up their flyers regard, regardless of where they were in the United yeah. States. And then we would drop them off at the next one we went to, pick up some more and drop them off. So we cross promoted. And um, they always wondered why we were doing it. And we said, because it's such a, a great event we're at, we want everybody to know about it. Exactly, yeah. And like Hobbs Grove, like you say, we went 2002, 2003. I think the first time I went with Vince and Amber, it was literally me, Vince and Amber, and maybe one other person. There was about, I think about six or eight people. Steve was there. Did he go the first time? Yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah, cause you rode with us the first time. That was the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but by the last time that we went, I think we had 25 wow. people in our group. I remember it was a really big group and we actually took up an entire hayride vehicle, just our group. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, and that was just all word of mouth from us coming back every year and telling people, Hey, gotta see this event. It's amazing. Come out. We're going to do it again next year. Mm-hmm. And every year the group has grown and grown. So it's, it's pretty great. Yeah, and that's really what it is. I mean, I, I really wish I had that kind of money where I could just say, call in now. We're giving away tickets and hotel accommodations and transportation costs. You got to see this event. Yeah, so if there's any haunted attractions out there that want us to give away a ticket on All Things Haunted, get in touch with Vince on Facebook. Uh, just search All Things Haunted, follow him, uh, send him a message, uh, and we'll do some kind of game or something. Uh, some kind of quiz game to give that ticket away. Right. And, you know, if there's anything else you want to see out there that, uh, that we're not covering, because it's my opinion that everybody knows something, but not everybody knows everything. So I, I do need uh, you to, to contact me to say, hey, there's this really cool thing you, I want, you know, you need to see. And if I, we can, we'll come out and, and, and cover it. And, you know, so um, I, we can be found not just Facebook, but Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, um, I think Periscope. that's all. Periscope. Definitely and, follow on Periscope because he does amazing interviews. And we're going to be doing more. We're going to be um, using multiple platforms this year. We're going to have uh, our, our staff uh, 
going covering different events at the same time. Yeah. So you'll be able to see this on Periscope as well as on Facebook Live or Snapchat or or Instagram. So we're going to be covering different places at different times. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, is there anything else you want anybody to know before we take off for the night? No. Uh, when you re- do search, it's uh, there's not a whole lot of letters like for Twitter. So it's at all things haunt. There wasn't enough room for the E and the D. So, but it's, <laughs> but uh, you can find me under All Things Haunted, but it's, uh, if you look at it, it's at All Things Haunt. Abbreviations, that's the way of the future. Yeah. So otherwise, but, uh, yeah, come on down, take a look, uh, message me, let me know what, what's going on with your event. And we'll, we'd love to come out and, and cover you. Yeah. If we can get an interview with you or backstage tour, whatever will come out, we'll check it out. And, uh, that's about it. Anything else? No, just happy Halloween. Be safe out there, and um, we'll we'll see you in the in the fog. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of Tales from the Fog. I would like to thank Vince from All Things Haunted for being my guest, and be sure to follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Periscope for live interviews and interesting locations all year long. I know a lot of shows ask, but if you like this show, please rate us on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts from. It really helps new listeners find us. That's it for this episode. I'm your host, Casey, and until next time, I'll see you in the fog.